Welcome, everybody, back to Dong City, episode number 66, the Yasiel Puig edition. What's today's date? Today's June 7th. Yeah, so uh, July 7th. Yeah. We have Vince, we have Felipe, Sean is somewhere on Alabama time, and we have Rob joining us for a special episode of Dong City Bases, I guess we'll call it. So, yeah. How are you I gentlemen like doing today? Doing great. Enjoying my July. How are you, Felipe? I'm doing swell, man. Thank you once again for having me on. Uh, always exciting to uh, broaden my conversation horizons. Uh, as uh, as you guys know, Sean and I are like a married couple at this point, so it's always good to uh, talk to different people about different baseball perspectives. So I appreciate it. Yeah, and we always seem to only get one of you to show up like an old married couple too. So yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> that works perfectly fine. All right. um, <laughs> yes, thank you for joining, Felipe. We uh, basically we're going to cover two things in this show. One, we're going to go over our preseason predictions, see how wrong or right we were. And two, just going to quickly touch on teasing the Derby and All-Star game. Any exciting thoughts about that or angry thoughts about that? And we'll uh, we'll call it a night. So cool. let's uh, let's start from the beginning. And that's the beginning of the season. We now have uh, all of the predictions are in so we can start going over that. I think the best way to do it, let's just go through each division, see how we're doing there. And then, Felipe, you have awards. As, yeah, you guys did awards as well. So we have that as well um, to cover. So jump right into it. There's no uh, there's no COVID reports. There's nothing like that to report on. Nope. Let's start with the AL East. Um, Felipe, let's start with you and Sean, uh, mainly because I don't really understand your spreadsheet that well. But okay. <laughs> if I'm interpreting it correctly, you had the Yankees winning the East? Uh, yeah, I had the Yankees winning the East and the Blue Jays as my wild card team. Uh, Sean had the Rays winning the East and the Yankees as his wild card team, uh, wild card number one team. And, and I, yeah, and then obviously the Rays in third for me, Red Sox in fourth, Orioles in fifth. And uh, Sean has it different, differently, of course. Uh, and then as you guys can see, I've been updating. So we did a show back on May 16th where we updated the standings. So as you can see, the Yankees were not in first, according to Felipe. The Yankees were in second back on May 16th, and the Red Sox were on top of that division. And as of yesterday, in time for this show, as, uh, as, that's, as I can see now on the screen there, uh, the Yankees, I'm sorry, the Red Sox are now in first place as of yesterday, and the Rays are now in second. Uh, so I like to you know, keep track of uh, how our predictions are doing as we do these shows, and uh, that's how it works. Nice. Okay. So not too far off. I mean, yeah, I think the Yankees winning the division or getting a playoff spot, probably something that almost everyone on earth had in some capacity. So, so far that's looking bad for everyone. Roberto needs to scroll up, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) You can scroll up on the predictions, get to the AL East. Uh, But then, so basically long story short, you guys both did not have the Red Sox in any capacity making the playoffs. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Sean had the Rays winning the East, which they might still make the playoffs, but they're kind of on the cusp too. Yeah, and that Tyler Glasnow injury really, really is devastating for them as uh, he was their best pitcher. You, I, mean, I think, Vince, you posted something about the Rays. Uh, their ERA just fluctuates, and it just I can't help but think it would look a lot different if, um, if Glasnow was still on the, on the team. Or, uh, or someone else that they traded away. I was going to say, Henry, Rays are in trouble for me because it's one thing to trade Snell and let Morton walk. It's another thing when the anchor guy that you're relying on then gets hurt for the year. 
Now you're in a situation where they are down all three of their reliable pitchers from their World Series team. I don't care what kind of formula you have, you're not going to be as good after that. And I think we're seeing that now with the Rays is they're still good. They've got a lot of talent. We're seeing that farm system kind of just replenish over and over and over again. Um, I mean, we got one, we got one division coming. We got one division here, right? Yeah, you got one division. You've got uh, you got yep. Um, you have already had Tyler Walls. You you can see with position players, it's really hard to bring a pitcher up who can then pitch like an ace right off the bat. And I think that's the challenge they're running into. Well, they still have Luis Patino. They got Brett Honeywell in the minors. They got Brendan McKay if need be. So they still got some uh, of those better known prospects that everybody has grown accustomed to uh, hearing about over the last couple of years or so. So don't count on the, out on them just yet. But man, that, that you guys, you you nailed it. I mean, you're losing your top guys and Glass not being the big, literally the big one. He's six eight, and, and it, yeah. they just don't look the same anymore. They don't look as uh, as good anymore without him. Yeah, going to be interesting to see how they hold up. It's Tampa. They're the most resilient team and the most resourceful team in the majors. So if anyone's going to do it, it's them. But right now they're on the outside looking in on the division. Uh, currently in second place, Blue Jays not too far behind. I saw you. I know you have the Blue Jays as a wild card. That's not obviously a bad guess at all. Um, they are currently six games behind the race. So a little bit of a gap there. But they're in the playoff hunt a little bit there. Um, Henry, let's switch it over to our predictions from Don City. I mean, uh, do, do we want to do this to ourselves? You know, Felipe's sheet looks nice and, and pretty. And then, you know. Ours was written on a napkin. Our oh, the, the, our, our girl, Erin. That's the way she did our draft in the baseball life league. Remember that, Henry? Give, I'm going to give you the Rob Martinez special. Can you see it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a diary uncovered. Hey, I, I asked Roberto to give me your predictions and uh, a, a while back ago. I would have put it all nice and pretty on my spreadsheet and I didn't oh, get it. Rob, Rob, Rob said he doesn't need that shit. Rob said. All right. Got it. Yeah. By the way, hello to everyone who is who has joined us. Thank you, Renee. Uh, Brian, we certainly will have a lot to talk about. Does the feed, does feed look better, guys? Yeah, we're good now. Okay. Um, so here is Henry and I, and, and we'll skip the awards for now. We'll go to the division as we were talking about. We basically, I don't know if we did standings. I know I've done standings, uh, maybe not just on the show, but we both had the Yankees winning the East. And I had, we both actually had the Red Sox as wild card. Or no, you had the White Sox. I had we, the, either of us had the Red Sox. Yeah. I had okay. the White Sox and the Jays. Had to decipher W socks as opposed yeah. to red socks. Um, yeah. So we didn't have anyone except the Yankees making the playoffs in the e in the East. Ironic because there could be three teams that make it and none of them are the Yankees. So we were way off on our own division, Henry. Well, I I did have the Jays. Oh, that's right. You have the Jays. All right, credit there. You have the Jays for wild card. So you had two of them. Um, I didn't. And furthermore, if you go into the awards, I have Ryan Mountcastle winning the Rookie of the Year. He has turned it on a little bit since the beginning of June, but uh, really, really bad first couple of months. And I don't think he's going to do it, although yeah, no. not really a great Rookie of the Year uh, campaign going on. This is not one of the better years so far. I mean, no. I guess we'll see if that changes. I think I said uh, Akil Badu would probably get it now, I guess, by default. Yeah. I, I think he should get it if he steals 20 bases just solely based on that. A guy who steals 20 bases should just win some sort of award in this and, day and age. And I, I had a Miami pitcher. I just had the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, you've got six toe over there in, uh, in the NL for your rookie of the year. You had Jared Klenick, who 
maybe the a historically terrible start to his career, but I don't think that's a bad pick. Um, and then I had Cabrian Hayes, which maybe had he not been hurt, he was off to a nice start for a brief time, but he is a pirate and he did get hurt. And that also has no chance. So we're going to go for four. I mean, Brian Hayes did make a really, really pretty play. And if it was anyone else other than Yadier Molina running, he probably doesn't make it, but it was pretty. Yeah. Yeah. He's got flashes. I'm a, I'm definitely a year early on, uh, on him, I think. So Felipe, did you do, I'm looking back over your predictions. You did do awards. So we'll just skip down yep. to that real quick for uh sure. rookie of the year. Yeah. So you had Vaughn, Sean had Kalenic, right? Homer. Sean had, Sean had Kalenic. <laughs> uh, he loves him. I mean, I like them too, but not as much as he does. And I just picked Andrew Vaughn. I figured he would get a lot of plate appearances, which he has. He hasn't yep. done much with it though. However, so. That's pretty much my line of thinking. Rookie of the year, by the way, is like my least favorite award ever. Oh, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> just because a guy can be Jesus in the minors and come up. And if he has like a bad 40 at bats, that just ruins everything. Kalenic being a good example. Yep. Um, I'm with you. Basically, the only way that I kind of choose rookie of the years is how many at bats are they guaranteed to get and what's so their lineup? Here, here's the thing with me. I And we see this every year. We saw it with. Gary Sanchez, we, we saw it with so many people. There's going to be somebody that gets called up and they're going to go on an absolute tear. And we may see the rookie of the year who is not even in the league yet. Yeah. yeah. They'll just come up and they'll just go on an absolute tear for two to three months and then that'll be the flavor of the month and that guy wins the award. Yeah. yeah. That's... And you know, and to your point too, Henry, you never know when these guys are going to get called up. It depends on their franchise and how they're going to manipulate service time anyway. So it's a, it's a total crapshoot. Um, I think Andrew Vaughn was also a really good guess um, on, on my, that was why I chose Mountcastle. I was like, he's still technically a rookie and he's going to play every day and he's in Baltimore. It's a hitter's park. We'll see. And he looked uh, good last year too. Like, I think you mentioned that too, right? Yeah. He, he hit 300 really last year in the short season. So why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't work out for either of them. So, yeah. you know, what's funny is that uh, we, and when I say we, I'd say the entire baseball world, I know in baseball life for sure. We all gave the Seattle Mariners so much shit when they didn't call Kalenic up to start the season. Yeah. And I think they're right now they're using Felipe's favorite gif, the you know, the I told you so pointing at the banner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. I think it's I don't want to because it's easy to in hindsight, but I think he would have been better off just using that momentum from the uh, from spring training. Yeah. And into the season, not wait until freaking what was it, May or June to be called up for absolute uh reasons i mean look for that, to, their, to their credit when they called them up weren't they in first place or like a game out i mean they were right there yeah but they also have like a million outfielders that you know that were threatening to that were also doing well and yeah. it, it, it really messes up with uh with, with players much less a rookie player trying to break in and that's my belief i don't know what you guys think about that if he would have been better off just being called up immediately forget the service time because yeah I, I don't want to get off to a tangent because i know we're on a, under a strict uh uh, time constraint here but forget all that bring them up use that momentum if you're really serious about contending this year then you bring them up don't wait until may or june do it yeah. right now april now's the time to yeah do it. or at least give them the chris bryant treatment right have them down for a week or two and then call them up. don't don't have them down a couple months. call them up the yeah. same day you're, you're eligible to do so <laughs> it's uh don't yeah, hide I'm, it you know just fuck it I'm, I'm building the momentum to get into the central here so it's uh but yeah i mean i'm with you Felipe. i totally understand 
it could screw you up. I mean, when you have to spend a couple months down the minors, you know that there's nothing there for you. You can get complacent, come up to the majors and screws with you. So maybe yeah. that happened. Maybe he's just not that good yet. Like Trout, when he came up, you know, struggled a little bit and then he came up again and just destroyed everything. So um, heading into the speaking of destroying everything, they've destroyed themselves in the Minnesota Twins. For my money, no matter what happens with the Yankees this year, the Twins are the most disappointing team in baseball, and it's oh, yeah. evidenced by our picks here. Henry and I both had the Twins winning the Central. They might come in dead last uh, in a really bad division, too, which is even more impressive. <laughs> and on your side of things, Felipe, how did you guys have the uh, AL Central shape? Yeah, uh, I had Twins first, White Sox second, Uh Sean has White Sox first, Twins second, and it's for the same. I picked the White Sox second because I was not impressed with what they did. After they signed Liam Hendricks, they kind of went to sleep in terms of acquisitions. And I figured, well, if, they're, if they want to be serious about contending this year, they need to more veteran help. They just can't keep content, depending on these rookie players like Andrew Vaughn, for example, or a uh, 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 little uh, slappy Nick Madrigal. Uh, and ironically enough, it's with their crappy depth, which was always my thing. They have a really bad, they have bad depth. Once their big guys are out, they're in big trouble. Ironically, that's the complete opposite of what's happening. They have the crappy players off the bench coming to play, and they're playing hard for that MF or Tony La Russa. It's, it's, <laughs> it's inexplicable. Yeah, and like I said, it's a weak them look good. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, like you said, it's a, it's a weak division. But I you see the Twins are now slowly, but sure, uh, well, slowly is the key word here scratching and clawing their way out of the cellar and into third place because they're taking advantage of that weak division too but it, it might be a, a too little too late for them at this point yeah the problem with the twins in that division is that you can easily scratch past the tigers and royals uh scratching past the indians who are becomes challenging and then even furthermore catching up to the white Sox, no matter how injured they get is going to be a challenge for them we were on the same page as you felipe um both of both Henry and I had twins winning the division. Both Henry and I had White Sox winning a wild card spot. I I just I see this all the time where teams generally regress in that second year when they kind of have this out of nowhere season where everything comes together like the White Sox had. And on top of it, White Sox kind of started to collapse a little towards the end of last year, and it was a shortened season. So in my mind, going into this year. I knew the White Sox were good. They had a lot of talent, but I didn't really know if they were even a playoff team last year. I thought they might have ended up under 500 when all was said and done. So in my mind, I was like, they're probably primed to win in like the high 80s this year. And that, you know, that may be good enough to win that division now that the Twins are out of it. But uh, I think we all did pretty well with the White Sox. It's really the Twins where we were all just way off and that kind of screwed uh, everything up. It's brutal. No, no, it's. It's pretty bad. And like you said, with the White Sox, I had them. I thought they would take a step back this season and then a huge step forward next year. I yeah. think I thought next year would be the year that they just would be the Padres, you know. But Right. I, yeah, that's how I saw it, too, is that year three is kind of that sweet spot, unless you're like, uh, well, no, even the Rays. I mean, I guess the Yankees are actually the only exception. 2017, everything that came together for them, they go on one game for the World Series, and then they win 100-plus games the next year. So well, um, they didn't go as the far. Effect, right? right, yeah. Uh, yeah, amazing how that works. And uh, it, good points, by the way, from Melvin in the comments section. Not only did they manipulate Chris Bryant's uh, arb time, but then they also are not going to extend him. He's, in my mind, very likely to be traded at this point, just the way the Cubs franchise has gone since he came up. But um, so stupid what these teams are doing. You're, what it, I, I, again? I don't want to get no. I'm, I'm just going to shut my mouth. But it's really stupid what they do to these players. 
I like that every time we mention a Chicago team, it's going to trigger Felipe into a tangent that he can't make. Um, yeah. well, I'm want, biting my you, lip, man. I'm biting my lip. If they do want to see it, all they got to do is join baseball life. Yeah. Talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Every, Y'all every laugh time. at me. I, I get, look, I get recruits, okay? I, I recruit motherfuckers into this group. I was at the Yankee game recruiting motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> In so, fact, I recruited the... Our ticket rep up, upgraded us to the Audi suites, right? I got the guy who was doing the scanning of the tickets and gives you the wristband. I got him in the group. Oh, nice. Good stuff. That's awesome. Um, final division. You guys you guys did it better than us. Call it uh, Astro Bias if you want. You both had the Astros winning the West. Fuck yeah. you, sir. And Henry and I... Both had them not winning the West. I had them winning a wild card, and it cuts off here. Henry, you did not because you had the Jays instead. I had the Jays. Um, so Henry had them out of the playoffs completely. I have them winning a wild card. Uh, but you and Sean, to your credit, have them winning the division. So not just walk that, me through that, Felipe. Do you feel confident? The division's not over. It's a three-and-a-half game lead right now for the Astros. Do you feel confident that's how it's going to end up? Well, first and foremost, not only did we get the division a leader correct, but we got we got a perfect division prediction going on here with the yeah, Astros, A's, Angels. Yeah. But we also had in mind that the Mariners were going to be better. I didn't think they were going to be this but this good. Four games above five hundred. That psh, I thought they were going to be closer to the Rangers than than they are right now. Uh, but I knew that the Angels were going to be, you know, the competing. <laughs> I knew that the A's were going to. Uh, be also a thorn on their side, but the Astros. I think this might be if you if you uh, if you picture like that movie where like fast and the furious right and and vin diesel and paul walker are going to do the last rock they're, they're the houston astros the, the houston astros are the fast and furious of major league baseball um i don't know who's coming back next year they're putting all their eggs on one basket for 2021 i believe uh and they still have some talent coming up uh, out of their farm system which has been depleted as you guys have talked about numerous times Horrible. on their show yeah. uh but they just keep sucking the last uh Frambro Valdez is good. How is he good? I don't understand how he's good either. That's another guy who just boggles my mind. You look at his stack has numbers and they're all awful and they're all blue, but he just gets results and he's keeping that team afloat. So I'm still and, going, I'm still going with the A's coming back and Houston just completely missing the playoffs. And that's just a hater <laughs> in me. That's just I gotta keep it. That's just a hater in me. It's possible. I mean, Breckman's out, uh, and Brantley and, and Alvarez tend to get hurt a lot and uh what's his face Kyle Tucker isn't living up to expectations but that's okay Miles Straw is Miles Straw is superseding expectations now he doesn't yeah, he just steal bases he's he's hitting the ball very well uh so it, it's a sneaky team that has a lot uh, more than what meets the eyes they score uh, runs. I guess yeah they score runs and they're they have the bullpen they are able to, they're able to manufacture bullpen arms it's and the, the A's I, I never know what to expect from the A's because you look at their team on like their roster and, and who's who on that team. I mean, for F six, man, Tony Kemp's on that team carrying that, that, <laughs> that club right now on offense. So I, it's weird. It's, it's a weird division, but Astros are like the steady team to go with here. Yeah. The, I had the A's winning the division because uh, A, they Astros. did it last year, but oh, B, fine. because um they just always seem to be a great regular season team who can't turn the corner in the playoffs. I, I don't really ever love the A's rosters, but 
they always seem to have it in the regular season going. And they might still win the division, and I would still probably be comfortable making that pick. Although I should say that the Astros at this point to me look like the most popular, the, the best team to go to the World Series, which really makes me sad. But to <laughs> say what to say I'm about not the jumping Astros, on that bandwagon, fuck <laughs> the uh, Put it this way, they might be the only team that could beat the Red Sox. So if, if it's coming down to that, that's a really tough spot to be in as a Yankee fan, and it could very well be a reality unless someone like the White Sox gets healthy towards the end of the year. I told you um, what we're I told you what we're getting. We're gonna get the 2021 World Series. You remember what I told you? No. San, San Francisco, Oakland. Oh, that would be great. You know, I would love to see Oakland get it finally. Uh, I just don't think it'll happen, but that's the perfect look for the, the season that we've had this year. And I keep saying it. Everyone talks about last year. This season is about as fluky of a season I've yeah. seen this season that we deserve a, a quirky matchup like that. It is strange. And, you know, maybe the Astros just record wise look better than they are. I mean, you look at their stats, they can validate it. But what's weird about the Astros is they're kind of built similarly like the Indians and Brewers and uh, these teams that can develop talent. And I think that goes underrated in today's baseball is it's great to have top prospects. It's great to be able to spend on free agents and make savvy trades. But when you can actually develop your prospects to become better than they are and they produce at the major league level, that to me is still the most valuable thing aspect of the front office. The Astros still have that going for them. So their farm system has been depleted. It doesn't have the five to 10 top 100 prospects anymore, but the guys they are getting like the Miles straws of the world. They're producing. And it's, I've, we've talked about it on the show either a week or two ago. Um, those second and third tier prospects who are not the heralded guys who come up and they do perform. That's what separates teams for me. The Astros have that going for them. It makes their floor very, very high and they know how to build a lineup. I mean, I mean that Astros lineup is built so well. It's got so much diversity and they make contact. They put the ball in play. These are things I preach over and over and over again for my own team. They don't get it. <laughs> and I look at a team like the Astros and they do. So that's really what separates it. But that pitching to me was just so unimpressive going into this season. I still don't necessarily believe in it, but maybe that's part of the, you know, the the prospect building. They can make a guy like Valdez or Rudy or whatever pitch well enough where they can get you through playoff series and on onto a World Series run. Well, yeah, they the always way. say if, you, if your pitching sucks, you don't go anywhere. But Houston, if they do one thing, is they score runs. Number one team in average, number one team in on base percentage, number one team in OPS, second team in slugging. And this is in all of the majors, so. They hit. We know they can hit, but they're just I'm, – I'm waiting for the choke job. I don't care. <laughs> and, it, and it very well may happen. You know, this is, again, we talk about what the Rays lost. Astros have been without Verlander. You know, they still have Granky left. They obviously lost Cole two years ago, and they're still chugging along here. So, it's – um, we're going to have to see. Uh, unfortunately for me, my greatest fears of this season are coming true unless we have a totally weird outcome – in that it, it looks like an Astros-Red Sox collision course for the World Series, and they're going to play whoever wins the NL, but the NL always seems to roll over, except Leon's Nationals, when it matters for me, which is when they're playing the Astros or the Red Sox. So we'll see. Who are, who are really hot right now, too. Who is that? Uh, the Nationals, Leon's Nationals. Yeah, they've gotten back into it, fallen off a little bit. And let's jump into the NL East here. We'll switch over 
into the NL now. By the way, before um, you go on, Vince, I just wanted to mention, you mentioned the Brewers and the Astros in the same sentence. Uh, do you know who the general manager of the Brewers is? Not a clue. It's uh, David Stearns. Not not that David Stearns, but David Stearns, okay. uh, who used to work for the Houston Astros. So it's not a coincidence that he's able to do what he does in Milwaukee right now. Yeah, and, uh, gee, what, uh, and who's running the Red Sox now? <laughs> Uh, I, I ask a Red Sox fans because I, I can't think off the top Ryan of my head. Bloom, who used to run the Rays. It's just like you yeah, take yeah. smart people, you put them in smart places and smart things happen. It's unbelievable to me. It's and, just, for, and for what it's worth, uh, you guys were bashing the Astros pitching. Their, uh, their pitching is ninth and wins above replacement, according to uh, Fangraph. So it's not, all, it's not all hopelessness over there, you know? Yeah, no, it, it's, their pitching's been solid. Their offense is historically good. Um, by today's measures, the pitching has, has been solid. That's what you need. That's how the Red Sox build all of their World Series champions. They never have the best pitching in baseball. They always have a lethal lineup that puts the ball in play and kills you in a variety of ways and is aggressive on the bases and plays smart baseball. And then they have pitching that can get hot and lead them to a World Series. So they're built the same way. They have a lot of success doing it this way. And other teams don't seem to get that. Or they get it and they don't have the tools to duplicate it. So... Felipe, sir. To your point, who's the number two team? Uh, hold on, it was right here. Uh, it's the Yankees. <laughs> uh, that's mostly because of Garrett Cole. I'm, I'm just saying, it, it, and their bullpen. I'm yeah. just saying. But I think you guys might have talked about that already, or was it? Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to show you that those numbers can be a little misleading. No, I'm adding context to it, man. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. Miami, <laughs> Miami's ahead of, of Houston in that category, too. So, Hey, man, Marlins got some pitchers, man. They got a pitcher. Anyway, uh, we're, we're going to talk about the Marlins, right? NL East, yeah, you said? We are. We're, hey, yeah, man, the Marlins got some well, pitching, man. Yeah, just, just to sum up the AL real quick, looks like um, I end up with currently, if the season started today, I would get four of the five playoff teams. Um, not necessarily. I'd only have... I'd have zero division leaders, but I'd have four playoff teams. Henry, you would have also no division leaders. And quick math, A's, White Sox, uh, you would have two playoff teams. Yeah. Felipe and Sean over here. You guys have, man, scrolling is just such a pain in the ass. All right, so Felipe, you would have uh, one... Two. Two. Two playoff teams <laughs> and one division winner. Uh-huh. Sean has one, two, three, three playoff teams and two division winners. So I'm not looking that bad after that. all. Yeah, it's all pretty close. Um, I don't think that's terribly outlandish for predictions, especially in a year like Henry said, is very, very weird. Yeah. So pretty good. Pretty good. Not great. Pretty good. Um Go to the NL East. Now we can finally break that seal there. Felipe, you have the Braves winning division. You have the Mets making a wild card. Uh, Sean has it flipped. He has the Mets winning division, but he does not have the Braves winning wild card, but he does have them in second place. Um, Felipe, you went with Nationals in third, Phillies fourth, Marlins fifth. Sean's actually got Phillies third, Nationals fourth, and Marlins fifth. And if you want to add into it what Henry and I have, uh, I had, we both have the Braves winning the division. I have the Mets as a wild card, and I believe Henry does too. Yes. So we're all, again, in the same ballpark. Credit to uh, Felipe here because you've got the 
or I'm sorry, credit to Sean. I don't know if he really deserves credit. He's a Mets fan. He's got the he's got the proper division leader right now, um, and he does interestingly have the Phillies third over the Nationals. That'll be something he's in monitor. But Felipe, take me through your thoughts in March and your thoughts now as far as the NL East. Well, back in February, I think I mentioned to you guys in the private chat uh, when you know when we're, in, we're administering this group, you know, we also tend to talk some uh, hot stove baseball in February. Not so top secret chat, yeah. Yeah. yeah some of the um, best conversations happen there, for the record. <laughs> Uh, but uh i I actually picked the mets to make it to the world series after they signed who the hell they signed i think it was francisco Lindor, um or they made that trade some they did something that impressed the hell out of me like all right you know what i think it's time for the mets to get in the bandwagon and put them on the world series right now and then the braves made a couple of moves including re-signing marcelo zuna and i chickened out with my mets prediction in february and, (laughs) and when it's all said and done I stuck with the Braves and then the Mets, you know, by the power of Jacob DeGrom will be a wildcard team, the second wildcard team, it looks like. So that was my thought process. And of course, Sean being the homer pick. No, <laughs> I don't want to bash him too much. But Sean, <laughs> uh, we talked about it and on the other podcast, the Total Basis podcast every Sunday mornings as of right now. Uh, and he he thought one thing we agreed with him is that the Mets have depth in the bullpen, depth in the rotation. Um and depth on the on the hitting side the, with the hitters and the and you know they signed Jose Martinez and Jonathan Villar to be your on the back end of your bench. It's a pretty darn good team. That's I, I wish the White Sox would have done that, but they didn't. So, um, but th- that was my thought process back in March. I remember distinctly, Henry, when we were discussing this division. I had the Nationals in fourth, and I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> um, but. My thought process, and I'd be curious as to yours as well, and especially now, Henry, because I know you're really big on the Mets. I figured, it's funny, I didn't take my own medicine. Braves last year, and I announced this every single year, you have young arms that go deep into the playoffs. Their pitching is going to fall apart. Said it for the Nationals, I was right. Said it for the Red Sox, I was right. (laughs) For the Braves, I said it, and I still pick them to win the division because that's how little I think of everyone else in that division. But... Uh, it, that's absolutely come true. <laughs> they, their pitching has not been great. The offense has been inconsistent. They've had a little bit of some injuries here and there. They're under 500, still good run differential, but still under 500. They're technically in third. They're half game going into today behind the Phillies. Um, I had them winning the division. I have the Mets as a wild card in second, and I had the Phillies in third kind of by default just because the Phillies and Nationals to me are two teams that have very obvious flaws, uh, and I didn't really know how that was going to play out. But turns out the Nationals right now are in fourth uh, in a tie with the Braves. Henry, what are your thoughts? I know you were bigger than I was on the Mets, um, but you picked the Braves anyway. So where where are you, where are you at with the Braves and Mets? I mean, I, I had a Yankees-Mets World Series. I mean, I, I had the Mets making the World Series. I like the Mets team. The one problem I have with them, and I think we're seeing that now, is that big hole at third base. They have a gigantic hole at third base that they need to fill. I said it once, I said it twice, I'm going to say it again. Go get Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Go get Jose Ramirez and plug him on his team, and this team is going to be unstoppable. They've had some injuries. Um, you know, Thor got pushed back. When I pick Atlanta, it was more of what I thought Atlanta was going to do as more than it was, you know, something the Mets wouldn't do. I just thought Atlanta was going to be a, a juggernaut, and, and they're just so mediocre at this point, and, and we don't know who the fuck they are. You look at them on paper, they got superstars and, and they should be better. But 
they're not doing it. And right now, to the Mets' credit, they are, and they're holding them off. And the Mets, are, you know, they're a little scrappy team. They're coming back and winning games they probably shouldn't be winning, but they're doing it. Those are the teams that have fun in the postseason. And, and you know, those, those kind of wins, you know, they, they bring you something in October. You know, you can draw back. If you remember when the Red Sox won, they had so many come from behind wins that season. It always felt like no matter how behind they were, Mookie Betts was doing something. Somebody was doing something that year, and they always found a way to come back and win, and they won the whole thing that year. And, you know, I'm not going to put the Mets right there, but you see that with this Mets team. They have a lot going on for them, and they always find a way to to come back and win games and or be in games they shouldn't. And I was higher on Luis Rojas, man, but he makes a lot of boneheaded moves, and the Mets overcome that shit too. So it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun. You know, this, this division, nobody really wants to run away with it. Um, I mean, even the Marlins, nine games out, you can see some crazy shit where the Marlins are back in the race. So this division is going to go all the way to the last week of the season, and I'm here for it, man. I'm here. Yeah. Give me all the baseball. Like I said, back in February, I had the Mets and the White Sox uh, making it to the World Series, and I chickened out. So, Look, like I said, this year, we're, we're going to get a funky series matchup. It's not going to be the Dodgers. It's not going to be the teams that we think it's going to be. By the way, the Braves, man, the, I, we should have seen this coming, but you're seeing it right now. They're, that's a very top-heavy team. Because once you go after Acuna, Freeman, Albies, it's just a lot of, yeah, like a lot of whatever, a lot of meth players that don't belong. Their minor league system is weakened. There's nobody coming to save them. No one's coming out of the dugout to help this team out. Mm-hmm. They're in deep trouble. They, they need to, like I think Vince points out every single season about the Braves, they need to make a deal. They just need to make a big deal. But Vince, what happens usually around this time of year with the Braves? They don't. And, and that's one of my <laughs> points is that the – they're not going to make the big deal. They never make the big deal. And this, even Ozuna, like technically that's a big deal. It's bringing back their own guy, but it, it's it's a big deal. But he was a shortcut to me. They put all of their eggs in the Ozuna basket for that offense. And now he's going to be out the entire year, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now, like you said, it's a thin offense. They don't ever insulate and go above and beyond and add the depth that they need because they're cheap and they don't do things like trade prospects. And they also don't do things like long-term contracts. So this is what you're walking a tightrope when they're, you're the Atlanta Braves every single season last year, all the stars aligned for it the year before they didn't this year, it seems like it's not, but the NL East to me, two really big storylines to me to follow. One is that, they're the opposite of the AL West. And what I mean by that is they are the most disappointing division this year because I really, really thought at least the top two teams would have better records than they do, especially being in an underachieving division. And they don't. There's not a single team in that division 10 games over 500. That's like mind-blowing to me when you look at all of the talent in that division. Yeah, um, I bring the AL West into that because they have four teams over 500. Like raise your hand if you ever would have guessed the AL West at this point in the year would have four teams over 500. Thought three, maybe at most three. Right. To me, the AOS is most overachieving. The NL East is the most, is the least overachieving. Underachieving. Yeah, they're the most underachieving. Um, But here's what's interesting about the NL East because it's so tight and because no one's really great and they all have flaws, you're probably going to get four buyers in that division. And I think that the deadline is going to be the most interesting in the NL East. It's going to have the most movement. I don't think the Braves are, are, give, are packing it in. I think they are going to try and probably get relievers like they always do. The Phillies need relievers really badly. I'm sure they're going to be all over that market. 
The Mets, like Henry said, they've got some holes they need to fill. I don't, I don't love them yet, but I do think they're plucky. I think they're very resourceful, as you guys were talking about. And the Nationals have their own holes. So you're, you probably have four buyers, and one of the sellers, and there aren't really that many identified sellers yet, is going to be the Marlins are probably not going to deal with any of them. So that the, the trade deadline is going to be super fascinating to me in the NL East because everyone might be involved. It might be very cutthroat. <laughs> I mean, I, the, no argument for me, man. I, that sounds uh, uh, about right with that division. It's a very underachieving division. They look more like the NL Central than they do like the AL East, which I, I, I agree with you guys. Yeah. I had both Eastern divisions total toe as the, the funnest ones to look out for, and it's been uh, disappointing out uh, of the NL East. But like Vince says, I mean, if you're the Phillies, you're already pot committed to go above and beyond. Yep. You can't rebuild again if you're. You can't be a seller if you're the Phillies. Not with all that money you invest, you're pot committed. I mean, right. say what you will about walking away and, and, and just trading and living for another year. You can't. You got Bryce Harper. You, you only got so much prime Bryce Harper left. You got to take advantage. You got to figure it out. And you got Zach Wheeler. You got Aaron Nola, who's just disintegrating right before our eyes. But you still got two ace quality pitchers on that team in terms of starting rotation. What I don't know. I just don't understand what the Phillies deal is. I do want to say ahead. one thing. I do want to say ahead. one thing. I think the baseball world owes a giant apology to Gabe Kapler, by the way. Well, so we're going to no. get him and let's, let's dig into some of those. When he, when he was in Philly, he, the man got killed. Well, rightfully yeah, so, though. Right. But, I mean, look what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he learned from is, his mistakes. Good for him. But That you know. is the argument in reverse I make about Joe Girardi when people are like, well, the Phillies aren't very good. Managers definitely attract to certain types of rosters. It doesn't have to be a good or talented roster. It has to be a certain type of roster. Joe Girardi was perfect for the Yankees. He had great bullpens. He's a very good bullpen manager, and that's why he got the most out of these players. And they also were young and stupid morons, and he does well with those players too. Look at the Marlins, where he came from before he came to the Yankees. So you go to a Phillies team that doesn't necessarily have that kind of culture, and they have bad bullpens. Their roster's horrible. Yeah. Um, but again, you're puck committed. You got right. JT Real Muto. You got Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins. No, I, I agree with you. They have settled. to. They have to. They have to continue going in. But Kapler on the Giants, to me, he found his right makeup. He found the right roster. He's another guy who he's very analytics driven, and the Phillies really aren't built that way. They don't have a lot of analytics loving guys outside of those pitchers you mentioned, Felipe. The bullpen's shitty, and the offense isn't really that dynamic. So you go to the Giants, now all of a sudden he's in a candy store, and we're seeing that, and spoiler alert, he's going to win NL Manager of the Year. I I think that's a runaway. I don't think anyone's going to come close. I still believe in Craig Council. I think I have it somewhere down there with the National League Awards. I had Craig Council at the beginning. I am updating it to Craig Council as of right now. What he, what I mean, no, I got to be Gabe Kabler. Come on. I mean, well, we'll see. I mean, if the Giants, they are, they're not in first place anymore. Well, yeah, I guess they, they are. are. Oh. Yeah, oh, I don't know what the hell I'm thinking. And they have, I think, the best record in the NL, and no one even had them in the playoffs. Like the Brewers, at least you could say, hey, they're going to win the division. But the, the Giants might have the best record in the NL, and they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs. I mean, that's and, – and like Henry said, Gabe Kapler was the most maligned manager in baseball when he was run out of Philly. Now he's here – like, I mean, this is the biggest SMD possible in, in like, the world. <laughs> the, 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 ironically enough, it reminds me of Joe Girardi winning manager of the year in Miami and getting fired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, it, the reverse situation of that. So – 
Uh, while we're on it, Henry had you had Louis Rojas. I don't think that's a bad guess yep. uh, for your manager of the year. I had Jace Tingler, which is a pretty obvious one with the Padres. Yeah. Uh, not that he's doing a bad job, but just the Giants were completely unexpected, and I would favor that with my manager of the years. And uh, Felipe, you had for manager of the year. I'm scrolling down here real quick. Uh, you had Council and yep. Rojas. So I mean, those are I think those are all fine guesses. Sean um, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think? Let's go to NL Cy Young real quick. Felipe had Castillo, which was my second guess. Uh, I had I had you, Darvish, because I wanted to intentionally not pick Castillo for a second year in a row. Ah, and okay. I had DeGrom, which sadly, Sean's guesses are actually coming into fruition in some cases, even though they're all met. Because uh, DeGrom's almost certainly going to win the NL Cy Young. And I think we all knew, obviously, that could happen. We just didn't want to all pick the exact same obvious guy who's already won it a few times. So, uh, yeah, so there were two of those awards. Uh, Henry, while we're on the topic of Cy Young, you, you had, let's see here. On Flaherty. You had Flaherty in the, in the NL, Cole in the AL. I had Darvish in the NL and Giolito in the AL. I still might get the AL. I was going to say none of those will come true. You uh, could get Cole, though. Cole, I yeah, Cole. I would, if you can figure this out, uh, it's really him and Bieber are the only two, I think, who even stick out. So uh, so that's still in play. Yeah, I, I, I could still get Cole for sure. I guess I can I can make the theoretical argument Darvish is among the best pitchers in the NL, but he's still like two runs behind DeGrom. So I don't see that happening. Um so let's dip in over to my favorite division in all of baseball year in and year out, the NL Central. Yeah. Yeah. So, Felipe, you were on Team Brewers with Henry and I. We all have them winning the division. Sean was on crack with uh, with Larry as the Reds winning the division. I have no idea what – I. it's been one year. I like the Reds, the Reds, though. And it was enough for me to know they're not winning the division this year. Um, he has a winning division. He does have the Brewers for his credit in second. You have the Cardinals in second. And I couldn't be more proud of you guys because I never saw your fourth place NL Central pick. But all four of us were on the exact same page. I know as a fact, Henry and I had the Cubs in fourth. Yeah. And you guys do too. So that's, this might be the, the greatest thing that we all accomplished this entire year. Yeah, and as you guys saw, I took I took that those bullets from the my fellow Cub fans when I – said that I did not believe in this team. I don't believe in any other hitters. I don't believe in any other pitchers and then their bullpen guys. And they kept telling me, hey, Zach Davies and Jake Arreta, that's a formidable six-man rotation right there. Like, no, stop. Yeah, they they stop. were taking victory laps in May, mid-May. Yeah, and like, all right, well, I mean, it's coming. The big drop is coming, just like it happened last year as well, unfortunately. And that's exactly what's happening. History is repeating itself again. How many games and, uh, in a row? Uh, was it uh, 11, I think? 12? 13? So the NL Central, the Brewers are five and a half up on the Reds, so it moved in second. All of a sudden, John's terrible. Better. Cardinals have really been the disappointing team. They're eight games back. They're two and a half behind the Reds. And the Cubs have fallen into fourth place, eight and a half back. So they're a half game behind the Cardinals now after last night. I do apologize for the standings. I took those uh, standings from Fangraphs. I just transposed transferred it over to the spreadsheet and I, i'm now seeing that it's all types of messed up here but you, uh, i just wanted to apologize for that no no worries where well, i'm looking at next at, time you go the robin route and just write everything down yeah exactly. i can't read my own writing sometimes sorry i can't do it 
Um, so anyway, I mean, the NL Central to me was was pretty predictable just in that you either had the Brewers or you had like anyone that isn't the Pirates in theory could have won that division if the Brewers underachieved, which they haven't. They've gotten red hot. They were probably right where everyone expected them to be record-wise. And three of us have them winning the divisions. So that's pretty pretty case-closed situation over there. I think the Cubs will end up in fourth. Pirates, we all had in fifth. Those are obvious. Really, the only allure here is who finishes second Cardinals or Reds. Is that good enough to make the playoffs? Absolutely not. So that's it. That's the division. Um, go to the NL West, and then we could wrap up the award. I just want to address Leon's comment because he's absolutely correct. We are all in agreement the Cardinals suck. Yeah, I had them boring at best, which for St. Louis is pretty accurate to the entire mm-hmm. sports franchises. So uh, that's where I was, and, and turns out that's exactly what they are, perfectly mediocre. Yeah. A- NL West. Uh, I'll start again. So Felipe and Sean both had Dodgers winning. They have the Padres at the top wild card. You guys do have the Giants in third. And then it was a battle of the shit fest, but I don't blame you at all. D-backs fourth, Rockies fifth. In reality, it's the opposite of that. But for the most part, you're pretty on with what the predictions were. Dodgers in first, Padres winning wild card. You had Giants in third, just not winning. I had Giants in third, also not getting a playoff spot. Um, I had the Dodgers, both Henry and I had Dodgers, Padres, same way. So we had our, our one through threes were exactly the same. I don't think anyone thought the Diamondbacks would be this bad. I thought they'd be like, no. in the, the Diamondbacks make the Pirates look good. Yeah. So this division might be the easiest to predict in terms of the good teams. Really, the only surprise in it is how bad the Diamondbacks are and how good the Giants are. And the Giants are probably the darling of baseball. I mean, if you want to make the argument the Twins are the most disappointing in a runaway, the Giants, to me, are the most surprisingly good also in a runaway. You can't disagree with that. They have the manager of the year. Yeah, so let's get to those awards quickly here. Um, and, Felipe, we'll go back to your spreadsheet. Well, let me, let me say the first half manager of the year. We keep in mind we're at the halfway point. Yeah, this is so far. We'll approach this again at the end of the year. See who really, and then we can maybe like tally up who actually was the most right. Uh, but for now, it's a nice checkpoint. Felipe, you had this is actually beautiful. Yeah, Felipe, had, I saw that. That was that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank and you. Thank you. Sean has Shoei Otani. I mean, that is that's like major. That's got to be the biggest props on the show is is having that because that is really what it's coming down to. One of you will be right, and I don't think I'm going to side with Felipe. I'm going to side with Felipe too. But you know, it's like it's like you know you know what it is, guys. It's like it's like we just dedicate a show just to evaluate players and how good they are and <laughs> yeah. what they can do. I don't know. I, it just seems. It's weird. It's weird like that, you know. To show you how not into the stats we went, uh, I had Mike Trout, which I'll say this: if he didn't get hurt, he very well might be right in the. I mean, he was he was hitting 420 when he got hurt or whatever he was hitting, so he was yeah. on when, fire. When hurt. we did the show, when we did the quarter of the season recap, Mike Trout was, according to Fangraphs' war, was the leader as of May 16, 2021, and like you said, he got hurt and. You know, he plays center field and he always produces, so he might catch up to that eventually, right? So we'll see. Look, yeah. I picked I, I pick Big G, and Big he G was doing his thing. On the Stanton wagon. Yes. I, look, Big G was doing his thing. I was in the Yankee chat talking a lot of shit, and then yep. he did what he does, and he got hurt. <laughs> I mean, well, when and he was he, healthy, he was, he, was, he was putting on the show early. 
Yes, it was a very good two weeks for you. Um, it was a month. <laughs> and then he did stand things. Uh, we both we both loved Soto this year, Henry, and that's just not going to happen. Yeah, Sean and I, I think, also have Soto. Second yes, half. we do. Second yeah. half. Oh, he's in for a big hat second half. Soto is coming back. He, I, I think so, too. I already okay. said what he's, he's going to win the home run derby, and then he's going to come back, and he's going to go. Oh, wow. oh, I don't know about that, though. That's what he's doing. I don't know, man. Is the home run derby? I don't know. I, I, I think he'll have a big second half. I can't really. I mean, I know he was hurt. Um, did he have COVID this year? Or was that last year? Or was it that was last year. That was last year. Uh, so this, I know that happened. I don't really have a good reason why he hasn't been fantastic, but I do think maybe that part of it is just artificial regression until he'll have a huge second half. So we'll see. Hey, yeah, hey, he has a very, very high on base percentage, guys. Come on. 2021. Yeah, that yeah, that's the reason. Uh, fascinating, Felipe. I didn't realize you also had Giolito as your AL Cy Young pick. So. Uh, yeah, it's, but that was my safe pick compared to Luis Castillo. No, even Luis Castillo was a safe pick if you really take yourself back to March. And it just seemed like all the pieces were in place for him to have a big year. Top 10 starting pitcher. Uh, and with a decent Reds team, we thought, I mean, there's a reason why Sean picked them to be. And I kind of agreed with him, but I just like the Brewers a little bit more. Uh, they seem to have everything in place to make a run this year with their bullpen and their starting rotation, and the complete opposite happened. It's, I'm eating crow for that one, but you know, Sean obviously went with the safe pick in the NL uh, with Jacob DeGrom, which I probably should have done that as well, but I wanted to be more adventurous. And with Lucas Giolito, you know, I also have a peg him as a top 10 pitcher in the American League. The White Sox are going to be good. Why not Lucas Giolito? He coming off a great season last year going to roll over to 2021 and uh no as you guys can see right now your fan graphs war leader in the american league is his teammate carlos rodan mr no hitter over there comeback player of the year probably i don't know um i don't i think rodan is a really great candidate for comeback player of the year although trey mancini is going to win that regardless just because of the situation but alex smith treatment yeah um but carlos rodan i actually here's a a little bit of a hot take i don't think he's gonna end up as your scion guy solely because I don't think he has the innings in him to last the entire season, uh, at least effectively. Giolito, I was right with you, Felipe, coming off a great year. He's in his prime. He's pitching for a good team, uh, a pretty good historical pitching team. And in a weak division, I thought he was he was a really smart pick to make, unless he was going to go with an obvious, like, Cole or Bieber pick. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, he hasn't lived up to it, but we can finally make fun of Sean for something because he has Kenta Maeda winning the AL Cy Young. So that was just <laughs> really, really, really bad pick. Yeah, and then and it's not going to turn around either. He's a terrible pick. Uh, I don't know if that if he was swayed because, remember, uh, Aaron, our, our, our friend from Canada, Aaron uh, showed us a sneak pick of, uh, of, her, of her cheat sheet, her cheat sheet being a cocktail napkin. And on the top of that list was Clayton Kershaw and Kenta Maeda. And I'm wondering if uh, maybe Sean was a little influenced by that cocktail napkin. I don't know. I'm just Aaron speculating. Very strong lore in the fantasy world as a they back. They cheat in Alabama. Gotcha. <laughs> as a back-to-back fantasy champion. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I and I get. I, I know other people too who are really big on Maeda playing again. Bad division pitcher yeah. park. Um, he's a rock solid guy usually. And uh, but it's it's been bad for the twins all around. He's he's one of the casualties. Um, looking for awards that we haven't gotten to yet. I think we covered oh manager of the year we haven't talked about except for Dave Kapler. And I don't think we talked too much about the NL Rookie of the Year either. 
Yeah, correct. So let's wrap up those. So manager of the year, you had Charlie Montoyo in the uh, AL and Joe Madden in the NL, which Sean did. Or Joe Madden, yes. Well, Sean's picking the NL. I don't think either of those are actually that bad even right now. Um, Jays and, and Angels, both above 500. Yeah. So not, not terrible there. I went with a very hipster pick in Mike Matheny, and I like like Henry's MVP pick. My April was looking fantastic, <laughs> and then the Royals have kind of fallen completely off the earth. And Oops. even for the bias that may or may not exist that I have for and for a Central Manager of the Year winners, they're 14 games under 500. So my Matheny pick's probably not going to happen at this point. Um, Henry, you had Charlie Montoya as well, yeah. and again. I don't think that's a bad pick. I think he's probably in the mix. If the Blue Jays are buyers at the deadline, which they will be, and they make the playoffs, he's got as good a shot as anyone in the AL, I think. I, I like it. I mean, I, I thought that, you know, with that offense, they'd be able to carry. They could they could still get hot, but, you know, I still like the pick in that division. And uh, as of May 16th, uh, I think I went with Alex Cora as my update. You know, there, there's no real statistic outside of wins and losses for manager, you know, for manager of the year tracker. So I just went with my gut and the intangibles and I, I went with Alex Cora. Uh, Sean went as of May 16th with Tony La Russa. Um, so that's why you see two names there. And then since Sean's not here to tell me who he wants for July, as of July 6th, I just went ahead and said, you know, Alex Cora with the Red Sox, he's a front, front runner for uh, AL. You got to give it to Alex Cora. It shows yeah. the difference a good manager can make on a team. Oh, yeah. It, it, this is Sophie's choice for me in terms of uh, – but I'll tell you why. Because the way I evaluate manager of the year is very contradictory here. Mm. Alex Cora is a fantastic manager, and the Red Sox are the most surprising team in the AL. So, and they're in the hardest division in my mind in the AL, even if the West is slightly better, you know, percentage wise right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those reasons, Alex Gore is an obvious pick. Tony La Russa, though, manages a team that's faced the most adversity and uh, he isn't a first year manager and he's trying to keep that entire team together as their mo- biggest superstars are out. Now in 2019, Aaron Boone deserved that kind of credit because the Yankees just stayed afloat regardless of injuries. Um, so I, I see a legitimate argument for both sides, but I'm going to go back here to, I think the East, even if it benefits the Red Sox get shafted a lot in these types of things, especially big market teams like Red Sox and Yankees. So my pick would be Alex Cora, but I'd be perfectly fine if Tony LaRusso won it. I just feel like in a much easier division, if the White Sox were in the AL East, we wouldn't be talking about Tony LaRusso keeping that team together is I guess how I feel about it. They'd be like, nothing. Nothing with LaRusso winning this award after his DUI and all the bullshit. I'm good. I'm good. Look, man, I'm wearing my White Sox hat today, and I don't even want Tony LaRusso exactly. uh, winning that goddamn <laughs> manager of the year. I would be so pissed because he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't even know the goddamn rules yeah, in 2021. I'm, I'm, anyway. good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I will it, say, though, you know what would make, make baseball fun? If the Yankees don't go get Beltran, go get Joey Cora. I've been saying this for a while. Go get Joey Cora. Make him wow. the manager of the Yankees, and you have the rivalry restarted all over again. As some may know in baseball life, I hate Joey Cora historically. Like, he's my top five least favorite player to ever live. 1995, uh, huh? I like that storyline of brothers going at it for arch rivals in the same division. And I have no doubt, based on Alex Cora, that Joey Cora would make a fantastic manager. I just don't want to manage my team. Does so, it stem before, from the 1995 there? Yeah, okay. Running out of the baseline for me at eight years old did not really favor for the rest of his life. And then him crying in the ALCS when they were eliminated by the Indians 
um, pleased me greatly. Even at eight, I was that petty. I was like, you're crying like a little bitch and you deserve it because you cheated to get past the Yankees in my first heartbreak ever. Just so you know, Joey and Alex Cora both run Team Puerto Rico for the WBC. Just saying. Joey's got management experience. Uh, yeah, I, for the Yankees, Cora, Raul Ibanez, Carlos Beltran, um, Buck Showalter, if you want like a one or two year stopgap. You, you, you have to say the one name that you know is going to be brought up. Sandy Elmer Jr. Marcus Tim. Sandy, Sandy's going nowhere. No, it'll definitely be, yeah. Mar reality, David Cohn, uh, Marcus Tim's, uh, who's the bench coach right now, who sucks. Buckshaw Walter has to be in there. No, not Buckshaw. <laughs> no, no, It'll I'm saying Buckshaw Walter. Minimal experience, I'm sure. <clears throat> so, anyway, um, and then the last, like you said, uh, Felipe, the NL rookie Carlos, of the year. Sorry, Carlos Mendoza. Yes, thank you, Carlos Mendoza. Not white, still shitty. Um, but he's Latino, so he'll never be a Yankee manager. <laughs> Right, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, it's a fair criticism if you think about it, though. That's unbelievable. It's like a Giants number and drafting a black the Yankees will be the you last know. team to have a Latino manager. Mark my word. in cheek, but there's at this point, what's the reasoning? You know, you know what they need is for a, their own version of Rachel Nichols to say something about that, and then yeah. that'll get fixed. Yeah, Meredith Morakovitz. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gotta say something racist to see. Oh, uh, it's bullshit! It's bullshit! They're only hiring because he's Latino. Oh, yeah. Um, NL Rookie of the Year. You had Ian Anderson. That's a smart pick. That's one of those kind of cheating picks because he's still technically rookie eligible, so it's smart. And uh, that's what I said about Randy Rosarena when everyone was picking him in the AL. Yeah. No. Smart. Uh, Cabrian Hayes was Sean's pick. That was also my pick. And uh, you had Sixto Henry, which kind of null and void. He's out for the season with it. With Sorry, Henry. Yeah, so can't help that. Dangerous to pick pitchers for that reason, but, you know, no one expects him to blow out his arm. So those are the awards. I would we go have, Trevor Rogers. <laughs> we, uh, He's winning. we have the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby coming up. Um, we talked, Felipe and I talked about Henry, Felipe and I talked about the snubs last year, last week. So we don't really have to get into that, but just very surface level. Uh, if you guys, what are your thoughts on the all-star game in general, anything you're looking forward to, any snubs you felt there were any, any final thoughts on the all-star game? Henry, we'll start with you since you weren't here last week. I did not like Otani making it as a pitcher. Perfectly fine with him making it as a hitter. Did not like him making it as a pitcher. Not enough innings or the merit of his stats? Not enough innings at all. Okay. And he was like 20, 30 innings below everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And I, I get it. Look, they're, they're riding the popularity of Otani and they need it. Yep. You know, that Japanese money is long, boy. When I went to the Yankee game when he was pitching, I hadn't seen that many Japanese people at the stadium since Matsui was on the team. And, and I get it. That, that money's long. Uh, but, you know, he was already going to be in the All-Star game. There was no reason to take a spot away from someone else. Eddie's in the home run derby too. Right. So which we'll get to in a second. So I mean MLB is finally at least shedding the correct light on him. I still would argue their marketing of him is not good, <laughs> but at least they're finally putting spotlight on him. Uh, did you have any snubs there, Henry? Anyone you feel like should be in there? That's not um, Marcana. There was another yeah, pitcher I had. One. I had there was another pitcher I had uh shit. Drawing a blank right now, but Marcana probably stands out as, as the one that I thought 
right off the top of my head. That's a good one. Felipe, you for the AL? Not really. Um, I don't get as mad as that. When I was younger, that used to piss me off. Some of the players that would get snubbed. Now it's like, I don't care. I just see a bunch of my fantasy baseball players making it. So I'm good. I'm happy with it. Uh, Adoles Garcia making it kind of, I don't know why it makes me angry. Maybe that's the one that upsets me. So Adoles Garcia making, I know he probably deserves it. I I don't really care much. I don't really care much about him. You know, we're going to look back and wow, Adoles Garcia made the all-star game this year. What the hell? Right. Yeah, I uh, I like Otani at DH over JD Martinez. I actually think that's a smart move. Oh, um, I got one. I got one. I am so sorry to call you out. Jordan Alvarez. They did him wrong, man. They did my guy Jordan Alvarez wrong there. Yes. So and Yuli. Uh, that was Yuli was my pick. Yuli Gurriel. I, I hate him, but he uh, to not make the team is kind of crazy. He's probably he's arguably the second best first baseman in in the AL this year. He's not even on the team. Um, but yeah, I absolutely right with Jordan Alvarez as well. So those are probably the most glaring ones. My main takeaway from this, besides the fact, uh, I agree with you on merit. I don't think Otani deserved pitcher and DH and also, uh, well, pitcher and DH and he's already in the Derby as well, but not here nor there. I'm kind of like Felipe. I don't really get bothered by this stuff anymore, but the main thing to me that my takeaway is that the NL has a world of superior talent this year. If you look at those two rosters, yeah. I think it's significantly better than the AL's roster. They all, they generally in my lifetime have lost the all-star game. So we'll see if that continues, but on paper, the NL should win considerably in my mind, um, especially when you consider arguably the AL's second best pitchers, Garrett Cole, who's been a mess and Araldis Chapman is one of their closers and he's a mess. So there, and Matt Barnes has really kind of hit earth as well in the last few weeks. So the AL not only has inferior talent, but their talent's not doing well right now either. Um, I would have liked to have seen Cedric Mullins start the all-star game, but I understand that that's a fan vote and no one really has control over it. So I I will say that I know uh, Melvin brought it up and I spoke with Vince about, you know, just an idea. Maybe we'll make a post out of it or something, but the USA versus the world, because I'm big on that kind of stuff. Yeah, he talked yeah. to me about that as well. And I I just jotted down some stuff, and I'm like, man, the world would kick USA's ass. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's usually the case in anything, though. I mean, we're, we're one country, one very rich in athletes and high-end population country, but still one country at the end of the day. I definitely want to make a post, and we can have some fun with that, and I'm sure somebody's going to get triggered. I'm sure somebody's going to get Why do we have to do it Latinos? Why can't we all just be Major League Baseball players? They all play in America. <laughs> They all they, they all work here. Why do they care about the Dominican Republic yeah. or Mexico or whatever or Korea? No, the, the Dominican, you know. <laughs> also agree with Austin. Freeman should not be starting. Also agree with Jaden. Uh, Max Muncy, another snub. Yeah, I think Muncy was a huge snub. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Uh, home run derby. Finish up the thoughts for the festivities here. I'll give you the names. You give me your winners. I'll, I'll share the screen. Hold on. Give your finals right. matchup and give me your winner. Um. Yeah. So we've got Otani, Alonzo, Story, Mancini, Perez, Olson, and Soto. Henry, what's your what's your? I don't know what the matchups are. Yeah, these matchups was, like top and bottom. I was gonna say I don't know the matchups. I don't know who's going head to head. Um, Just participants. This is kind of weak. I, there's a lot of participants that are not here that I I would love to Man, see. Very weak. Yeah. Um. 
I mean, it, it's kind of, I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's kind of set up for Otani to win. I look, that was my theory right off the bat. I was like, they're stacking it so he wins the home run derby. Oh, and I'm also with, he'll yeah. some dog shit inning of the all-star game too. So he can have his one good inning. I'm going to go with Mr. On-Base Percentage because it's going to force him to swing the bat. <laughs> I'm going to go with Juan Soto. I would like to see Mancini win it uh, for obvious reasons. I think that'd be a great story. I think Salvador Perez does not belong there at all, nor yeah, does he have any sort of attraction. I, I, there had to be an eighth person in MLB willing to do this that's not Sally Perez. I mean, come on, that's just a terrible And thing. I give him, look, I give him credit. The man plays every game. He's played every game so far this season, and he wants to play the All-Star. I, I love the energy. Yeah. But I don't want that from my, my oversized catcher. I'm sorry. I don't want that. Well, yeah, one thing that – whatsoever. One thing that Salvador Perez has going is that he is he has the exit velocity of 93 miles an hour, which puts him third on this list. Uh, the hard hit rate, he has the hardest hard hit rate of anybody on this list at 57%. That's the stack cast hard hit rate. So he leads even over Otani by a percentage point, a tenth of a percentage point. So there is some merit to him belonging here. I don't think he's going to win it. I, I think uh, catchers, they, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. But uh, I mean, he oh, it was there ever a catcher it. to win the home run derby before? Uh, Mike Piazza. Was I he? Say it was. I think so. It was Mike Piazza. Gary came close, didn't he? Didn't he finish third or something? Second I'm sorry. Who? Who? Gary Sanchez. Oh, oh. I don't remember. The last Yankee I remember is Soriano, and that was disappointing as hell. But uh, but yeah, I yeah. want to see Judge. I want to see Stan. I want to see the monster guys. I don't. I don't mind Gallo here. I want to see Schwarber. I, I want to see guys. I get the Trevor Story pick. He's home. You know, it would be nice yeah. if he wanted at home before he goes away. But I would like to see. see I yawn. My pick. I, I would like to see Mancini versus Gallo. I think you're actually going to end up with uh, Otani versus Story, and my sleeper Soto. That's probably how I'd qualify it. Uh, Mancini Gallo to me is is a great righty lefty kind of pure home run power home run matchup that I'd like to see. Uh, I think it's going to be Otani and the hometown guy and Story. Story playing for a contract. I don't know if that matters in home run derbies, but I could see him wanting to be on a big stage and kind of command the room. Otani I think is a freak, so there's no reason not to think he's going to be in the finals. And uh, but Juan Soto, don't underestimate Juan Soto's strength. And uh, and his endurance as a young guy, I that's my sleeper pick. I have a. I just want you guys to do me a favor. Picture Freddie Freeman from a year or two ago at the home run derby and how awkward he looked uh, trying to swing for the fences. Picture that. Yeah, that's gonna be Juan Soto this year. I just don't think he has it in him to like. He has home run power, obviously, but he's such a yeah. pure hitter that it's gonna be such awkwardness for him to tr- translate into this competition. Guys, that I'm excited to see in this competition to really knock the crap out of the ball. I think you guys already mentioned a few of them. Joey Gallo, Matt Olson, yep. and uh, even Shohei Otani, the three left-handed hitters there, who have shown that they can just lift the ball up in the air. And in Colorado as well, that's just going to be yeah. – those three. Uh, those are the three guys I'm looking forward. Trey Mancini, uh, he's – it's a great story, but, man, he is overmatched in terms of the stack cast numbers. I know stack cast numbers don't always translate to a competition like this, but, man, it's really hard to go f- with a guy who's the only guy on this list who's less than 90 mile per hour below exit velocity. 
uh, and uh, has a, one of the lower hit hard hit rates on this list as well, along with Trevor Story. Uh, I think, Vince, you mentioned it, right, that Story or Mancini are your favorites for this one? Well, I would like to see... Oh, I'd like to see, sorry. I would like to see Mancini, Gallo. I think we're going to get Otani's story. Yeah, in terms of storylines, I mean, this ain't wrestling. This isn't predetermined, unfortunately, but that, that'd be the great story right there, yeah. uh, like you mentioned. But I, I just think the big boppers who, like, get... You know, stop what you're doing and, and get to watch Joey Gallo, Matt Olson, yeah. and uh, Shoei Otani uh, hit some Gallo, I think Gallo puts on the Vlad-type-esque I agree. So that we had a few years ago, but he won't win it. You know, everyone remembers Vlad. I don't care what anyone says. That got stolen from him. Vlad won that <laughs> derby. Um, no, yeah. The same way like Josh Hamilton won the derby. Yeah. Josh or, Hamilton or how, won the derby at Yankee Stadium. And or just, how Kyle Schroeder won the derby uh, in Washington, right? Exactly. Was it the Cubs? <laughs> I think I'm with you, Andrew. I think, I think Joey Gallo will be the most memorable yeah. Uh, show of the night. And for that reason, he won't even make the finals. Yeah. And I think Otani will make the finals, which will make him memorable in that regard. Um, I'm actually pretty low on Pete Alonso here. I don't think this is something that really favors him for whatever reason. And I don't think Mancini or Perez have any chance. The other six guys would not surprise me at all if they won in some fashion. Uh, Mancini and Perez would. But that said, I'm obviously rooting for Mancini. And, and also, it's, just, it's annoying that MLB has this super hype machine behind everything Otani does these days. Like the MLB social media team is pumping like a uh, base hit, or the uh, I think he he picked up a broken bat the other day, or was it today? He picked up a broken bat, and the caption was Otani does it all. And I'm like, yo, really? Like this is where we're going with this? Also, I want everybody to do me a favor. Picture Alex Bregman from a couple years ago in the home run derby. That's gonna be Trevor's story as well. Awful. Okay. Yeah. Awful. It's just that it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, you got to, you know, be able to, can these guys translate and transpose their swing for this competition? That's the way I think about it. And the three guys I mentioned, Gallo, Olsen, and Otani, I think they can. Trevor Story, even though he has the home cooking going for him, I don't think he can do it. Oh, yeah. What am I saying? I don't, yeah. Otani Gallo would be the ultimate matchup. That's the one, that's the one that I think will happen. Um, I'd still like to see Mancini Gallo instead because fuck Otani, but Otani <laughs> Gallo is, I mean, that is the, that is the matchup I think you want in the, in the finals here. And then one that could be very realistic. So, yeah. Sorry, they, want, they want Otani in the finals. They don't care who it is. But like I said, I think Joey Gallo puts on the show and I'm going with Soto. You're yeah. going with so Vince. Who who do you who are you gonna go with then? I'm gonna, gonna officially pick Joey Gallo. To, well, no, I'm not. It completely goes against what I just said. Uh, I think Otani's gonna win for your reason, Felipe. I think it's fixed. So <laughs> I, I, think no, I, I said the Saint wrestling, but he me. that was me that said that. <laughs> oh, that was, all right, fine. I think Otani's gonna win. Uh, I think Gallo's gonna put on the best show. He's gonna burn himself out, and uh, Otani wins. Oh man, it should be a good one. It should be a good one. Uh, I guess I'm. I was very. I think it was on uh, last week on your show, Vince, on Wednesday or 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 with Austin. I, yesterday, all these podcasts are now merging together. I forgot who I said, but I was high on Joey Gallo, and I think I'm just gonna stick with Joey Gallo because I think you guys are right. He's gonna put on the best show, and he's gonna gas himself out. But man, I I just I love the guy. I mean, I have a Joey Gallo jersey that one of our baseball life brethren gave me as a Christmas gift. Uh, he saved my fantasy season a year or two ago. I can't get enough of the guy. I, can't, I was hoping he'd become a Cub one of these days. It's, that's not going to happen. But uh, I think this is the Joey Gallo. Um, it has to be the Joey Gallo. Um, Joey Gallo uh, show. Breakout, breakout party. That If you didn't know who Joey Gallo was beforehand, because he plays on a crappy Texas Rangers team, 
this is the spotlight that he deserves to be on. Um, and and you know what? It's a good story because his buddy uh, weren't they all buddies at one point? Las and La, from Las Vegas, Bryce Harper, Joey Gallo, and uh, Chris Bryant. It'd be cool if Joey Gallo can uh, uh, do what Bryce Harper did a couple years ago in the home run derby. So yeah, uh, my last thought on the home run derby: I would take the over if the spread were. Uh, one and a half players missing 20 or more games from that derby year. And uh, I'll put Otani as the solid anchor there. I, I think he, <laughs> look, if this guy can get through an all-star game, pitching, hitting, and, down. Derby and not get hurt after he's been hurt his entire career, like somebody check him not for steroids for something like from another planet, because there's just no way you I think? see it. <laughs> he's taking ginseng. <laughs> Yeah, I have managed to pick Otani to win the home run derby with the caveat he's going to get hurt. So there you go. That's as Taking nice as ginseng for his wood. There you, there you go. Bring it down. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you, Felipe, for joining us here. Uh, nice little joint session here. Next week, we'll be back on Wednesday, Dong City, to review the All-Star game, um, talk about the second half a, a little bit. And uh, But Felipe... Thank you for joining. You will be on this Sunday, right? For total nope. Uh, this is it, man. I met my quota. I'm gonna put this episode on the on the on our uh, playlist for for total bases. I'm gonna count this as a total bases episode as well. I'm taking a, like Sean told me earlier in a private chat. Uh, you know what? We're on the All Star break as well, which it yeah, might be so sounding well. stupid or not, but uh, I think two podcasts. I'm at my quota for the week, you guys. Thank you so much for the having me on. Take a lot out of people. These the people don't know that. You know, we invest a lot of time with these things. Yeah. Exactly, Henry. You put it right. You said it right there. Um, I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail, yeah. but yeah, it, we put on a. We try to put a lot of work in because we want to put a good show for you guys who are listening to either Dong City Total Bases or other podcasts, uh, which I'm pretty sure Vince was going to mention right now. Uh, the Step Back, the Audible, the Workshoot po- uh, uh, Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. We all put in our work, and it's sh- and it. You can hear it. For those who listen to it uh, on a regular basis, you can hear the hard work that we all put in on this just so we could sound somewhat respectable on the air and hopefully give you guys some information or give you some that, ah, I did not know that. I'm so glad I listened to you guys, Uh, which uh, that's always the goal with any podcast, or at least that would be my personal goal for any podcast I do. So, And uh, Vince, uh, really quick, and I'll I'll see the floor to you. Uh, I've been wanting to do more of these uh, more often, so I'm glad that we finally were able to put it. Hopefully we'll do more of these as the year goes on. I agree. It's a nice dynamic. You guys offer a lot more of the kind of in-depth stat stuff as well. We mentioned fantasy baseball, I think a fair share, a fair share here and there on our show, but uh, mm-hmm. nice to have that angle of things. Uh, love to have you on more. You mentioned the other podcasts. Uh, I know the audible as a programming note doing the NFC East next. They've been doing previews. So tune into that. I may or may not be on it. I don't know if Randy's being serious or not. So it's very serious. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was very serious when I said that'll be a five-hour podcast about Vince. Five hours, uh, two hours on Canarius Tony alone. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, tune in for that. And then, of course, like I said, Don Siegel will be back next week, uh, next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. There is no hockey podcast, but the Stanley Cup is tonight. Game five, Tampa Bay Lightning should be wrapping up the Stanley Cup in about two hours. So we'll see it that. Joe and Biden about to get a gift. Sam? No, Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's got that whole bet going with Trudeau. So America going to win as usual. USA. USA. Um, but, yeah, I have no doubt Lightning win tonight. That'll make the – Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Dong City and Total Bases. Yeah. Have a good Dong. night. Dong City, bitches.